So hello and welcome to the Story of Software podcast. Today we're going to talk about logistics and supply chain technology. Our guest today is Tyler Patterson, who's Managing Director at CH Robinson. How are you today, Tyler? Oh, doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. So Tyler has spent the last decade in logistics and supply chain technology space at CH Robinson, where he's currently managing director. We brought him along because we want to tap into his insights in the sector, in the technology enabling it. And uh, yeah, we want to pick your brain today and see what we can learn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get into the topic. Great. So Tyler, maybe to start off, you can tell us a little bit about yourself and about CH Robinson. Yeah, so I've been at CH Robinson now for nearly 12 years. I, I started as a software engineer in technology, uh, worked on our transportation management system, and then over the next several years evolved into more of an analyst role and then took on a couple of our teams at CH Robinson. Uh, about two years ago, I, I moved to Poland and opened up a new office there. And then just a couple months ago, moved to Ireland and I'm doing the same again, opening a new office here in Cork. What are your impressions of life in Cork so far? Been a little tough with quarantines and restrictions due to COVID right now, but you know, they just lifted the 5k restriction and I'm excited to see a bit more of the city, get out to Cove, get out to Kinsale, see more of the county. Really beautiful and really excited to get a chance to explore more for sure. Awesome. So let's get into uh, the topic and maybe you can tell us a little bit about what are the main challenges when it comes to logistics technology? When I think about the challenges in this space, there's two big things that come to mind. One is scaling and one is the complexity. So on the scaling side, really the rise of e-commerce. We've, we've heard about this for some time. It's been a popular topic, I'd probably say for the last five years or so. Every time you and I place an order for something to be delivered, that's an individual order to be shipped to somebody. In the past, logistics would have been probably more focused on pallet shipments, full truck shipments, going business to business, warehouse to warehouse. And so you're moving more physical goods. And with e-commerce, the amount of goods per order is drastically reduced. So the volume of transactions that your database is, is, is really scaled. So I think there's a, a massive scale challenge in there. On the complexity side, I think the reality of supply chains not always hitting home for people. So if you think about it, uh, someone shows up at your door and hands you a package today. That is not the person who picked up that package to bring it to you. It's not the same person who was there at the beginning of the supply chain when we were manufacturing that product, right? So the reality is to go from the very beginning of a supply chain to the delivery at your door at whatever the final destination is, there are a lot of handoffs and it could be a lot of time. It could be that it shipped, it went on an ocean liner, it landed in a warehouse, it sat for a few weeks, then you placed your order, then it shipped. So that complexity and giving the true end-to-end -end connection of all that data is, I think, a really big challenge in the space for sure. And Tyler, if we were to flip that and look at what are the opportunities for you know various actors in this space, how would you how would you conceive of that? For sure, the number one opportunity in the space to me is leveraging data to make decisions. In the past, logistics was pretty paper-driven. The technology advancement of customers and carriers, so not the logistics supply chain companies like C.H. Robinson, but the, the customers and carriers wasn't very high. And so 
when you're managing paper, it's difficult to pull out data trends. But now that there's so much adoption of technology across the industry, carriers, customers included, leveraging that data to make better decisions in supply chains is, I think, the biggest place for, for opportunities, be that a customer making good decisions for their own supply chain or companies doing the shipping and making the right decisions for a massive pool of transactions across different customers, you know, being shipped globally. I was actually thinking about this topic in a very strange way last night. I was in a gas station near my house and I saw they were selling CDs of an album called Songs for the Deaf from a band called Queens of the Stone Age. Kind of random thing to be selling in a gas station. And I thought maybe someone has run some sort of model and figured out that folks uh, with CD players in their car of a certain age are likely to actually want to buy a a copy of uh, Songs for the Deaf from a gas station, that this is a data-driven decision, or maybe someone just had a box of dusty CDs somewhere and uh, needed to get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, doing that kind of analysis and looking at where the demand is, you know, definitely helps people, I think, drive decisions of how to ship. But, you know, there's an extra step in there too around depending on where your demand is, where do you put your warehouses? Where do you store that goods so that when someone's ready to buy, you get it to them fast? When the next CD from Queens of the Stone Age comes out and they're ready to put that in the gas station, how do we get it there quickly and take advantage of, you know, the release date and people's excitement? So Tyler, tell me, you know, what are the major changes that you've seen? You've been, I think, solely in this uh, space over the, the course of your career to date. What have been the transformational changes that you've seen? Yeah, so I I touched on it a minute ago, but I think one of the biggest drivers was the transition from fax and paper to APIs felt like overnight. The amount of, you know, like optical character recognition, scanning documents, reading them to, to gather signatures or important, you know, tracking numbers was pretty popular five to 10 years ago. And there's still a little play for that today. Not everyone's on technology yet. The accessibility of APIs and other forms of technology to the carrier and to the customer got so cheap and came so quickly. I feel like people who are able to adapt to that quickly and bring it in have really seen advantages in that space. And so that change was really overnight. I think the other thing is that translated into an expectation from customers and carriers about the technology. In the past, when you had paper, People may not have been thinking about all the different decisions they could be making. And now people want to have a smartphone app to book their next truck. If you're a truck driver and you just dropped off your load and you want to go pick up another one, every mile you drive, every kilometer you go without a load on the back of your truck is just money you pay as the driver. So you want another load right away. So they want to do that on their phone. That again became you know, very quick that it went from I'm okay calling around and finding the right shipment to why can't I just click a button on my phone? I think the the one other place that I would bring up is a little bit more of a trend upcoming, IoT, the Internet of Things, and looking at how electronic logging devices, there's mandates in the US, there's changes happening across Europe, are giving really fine-grained detail. It's not just, I know today your shipment was in Dublin. It's I can actually get down to 10 minutes ago, it was on the road and it's 45 kilometers outside of Dublin and and get really specific to those kinds of trackings and be able to give better ETAs, 
better decisions about logistics. So those are a couple of the technology changes that I think have had an impact in the last couple of years and are having an impact right now. Awesome. Tyler, as we all know, it's been an eventful 12 months in the world. What's been the impact of what happened throughout 2020 and has carried on into early 2021 on the logistics sector? Yeah, so obviously 2020, big impact on supply chains. I think we all felt it. I think I think a lot of people went from feeling pretty confident about their ability to go into the grocery store and pick up some toilet paper to suddenly questioning if that would be available. And, you know, that's true of consumer goods that you and I care about, but it's also very true of B2B goods when you're talking about manufacturing and plants. Um, In some cases, plants shut down and things weren't ready to be shipped. In other cases, the demand was still high for certain consumer goods but maybe raw materials weren't always available. So I think everybody felt a big impact, but I think the biggest place we've seen an extended hit has been on small customers, small carriers. You know, they they just struggled to be able to manage length and depth of impact that, that COVID caused on the world. I think in a lot of cases, you saw closing businesses, and that has a real impact in how logistics is, is handled. You think a lot of those big carriers, right, comfortable handling, long distance travel between countries, between cities. But when it gets down to like, I need to deliver regionally in a small area, a lot of those are mom and pop drivers. Those are small companies who know a very specific region and they're very comfortable making that final mile delivery. And when those businesses shut down, it meant you know, everybody has to make changes in how they ship, even big customers, because the availability just wasn't there. I think the other place that we saw some impact was a lot of customers, you know, they're going out for proposals on their shipment and their logistics. And a lot of those customers stopped that in 2020. They just said, hey, this is not the right time to reevaluate our supply chain. If we've got a good partner, if we're comfortable, let's, let's stay where we are. And a lot of them did that. So that's shifting into 2021 now, if they were still looking at, you know, RFPs and how they're approaching their supply chains. And so I think we're going to see a ripple effect even into this year and the following year of um, sort of the hangover of COVID's impact in logistics. Interesting. Tyler, we all know a, a big story in the last few weeks was the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal and was blocking uh, other ships from, okay. from passing through. The estimates were that it was costing the global economy $9 billion a day. Can you tell us a little bit about whether supply chains are becoming riskier? Has the kind of tendency towards just-in-time manufacturing and logistics, has that made things a little bit more tenuous? Yeah, so, you know, the, the Suez Canal was a big event in the world of logistics and even just globally. Um, even if you're not particularly interested in the logistics and supply chain world, you know, it certainly gave you a good supply of memes, I think. So with that, though, just-in-time manufacturing does mean the lead times are shortened, things are a little bit tighter, but people have always sought to ship goods globally, right? Manufacturing in areas with certain expertises, certain factories, certain skill sets, certain costs of labor, and exporting those to other locations. That's, that's happened for a long time. Um, and if you think about like the risk of something like the Suez Canal in particular, That's been open since the mid 1800s. Like we've been using that a long, long time. Um, So in my mind, it's not so much the risk is different or that they've become riskier, but it's that expectations on people have has changed. 
people expect goods to be on the shelves or out the door with the click of a button. Supply chains have really become more and more optimized with the data that's out there to squeeze out efficiencies and, and really tighten the lead times required or the time it takes to travel. And that is a great benefit for all of us, but things like weather impacts, political disruptions, ships in the Suez Canal, they all become now pretty sensitive events to supply chains. So not only do people want tight, efficient uh, supply chains that can quickly bring things from manufacturing to delivery, but they need to be flexible and adaptable. Got to be prepared for exceptions. They absolutely have them. The Suez Canal was probably one of the biggest ones we've seen in a long time. But at the same time, a simple hurricane or you know, other major storm event can have just as much impact uh, when it comes to you and me and our experience in receiving a shipment on time. Tyler, I think we should look at another hot topic, which is vaccine distribution. From a logistics and supply chain perspective, what's important for us to understand and consider when it comes to this? I think in this case, it's the true complexity of this. I think a lot of people look at, hey, this company's manufactured a vaccine. How come it can't just be shipped to the pharmacy near me and I can go get my vaccine? And the reality is because there's different companies manufacturing them. They have different, let's say, recipes for their vaccine. They have different storage requirements. And that results in different inputs are needed to make it. The shipping requirements are different for those different products. And then from there, we're experiencing this on a global scale. Normally, goods are shipped by supply and demand. If you want to purchase the hot new video game, you can go buy it. And if it's sold out, then it's sold out, but you can, you can go buy it when you need to and when it's ready. When it comes to vaccines, we're not in a place where it's necessarily supply and demand. It is a global need for the vaccine. People obviously make choices about if they want it or not, but it is a global demand. And therefore, there's distributions to the various different countries that need to happen. And so if I think about here in Ireland, some of the struggles they're facing getting all the vaccines they need, they're competing with other countries just to get access to that supply. And then once they do get their supply, it's how do you roll that out to the actual location? Not everywhere is a big city. It's easy to distribute. There's that last little bit of distribution that's got to happen where it's going from it's in Ireland to now it's in pharmacy near you so that you can go get it. Let's maybe look forward, Tyler. And what do you think in terms of the future of logistics and supply chain in a, in a post-COVID world? Are we expecting any great challenges that still need solving? Maybe we can look at that part first. Yeah, I think from a challenge perspective, there's a lack of people in the logistics and supply chain industry. And I say this in the broadest sense. That ranges from actual driver shortages, people who drive trucks. That group is aging out very quickly of the industry. And that shortage in capacity drives up the costs of trucks and then drives up the cost of shipping. So that's one example. But also, you know, we see a lot of news about the broader issue of, of STEM careers. And when we think about logistics and supply chain, I think a lot of the future is in the technology space and having enough people, enough diversity within STEM 
is I think something that impacts the broader market, but is particularly focused in supply chain where I think technology is really driving the future. If you're a young person today and you're thinking about, man, I wish I could find a job that has a global impact. I can feel like I've done something tangible to the world. You know, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better place to look than supply chain in the coming years for a job or for a career field. If I think about any other challenges in this space, it's probably around things like emerging markets. So there are places that shipping is not as common an occurrence or as supported from an infrastructure perspective. So I think we're going to see that more and more as countries further develop and grow and increase their demand and the infrastructure in those countries are improved and they can start to adopt the acceleration that's happened from everywhere else in the world bringing forward technology. In terms of the technology itself, where do you see the technology evolving to Tyler? I mean, data-driven decision-making is, to me, going to be the biggest thing. I touched a little bit on, you know, Internet of Things, ELD, tracking. I think that finer green detail is going to allow people to make different and better decisions about their logistics and how they actually ship at a detail level. It'll be a lot more than just, hey, I think it would be best to ship this into our warehouse near Dublin and then handle the final delivery, they can actually have some detailed information about real-time traffic and maybe make decisions to reroute trucks in different ways, for instance. Expanding on the data options, I mean, blockchain is something we hear a ton about. The actual end-to-end traceability and reliance that blockchain would give you to track that is critical. If you think about shipping produce or other food goods, right, they want to track things back to a farm Uh, Today, they can't always do that, and they have to make really broad statements in order to pull things off shelves, and maybe there are goods being pulled that didn't need to be pulled. Um, So we can reduce waste, and we can do other things to to have more confidence in our supply chains, and that, you know, we're making good decisions there. The other place would be AI and automation. So large data sets, you know, I think a lot of people jump to, what can I do then with automation and with AI? How can I train a model? to help me make better decisions and see patterns that maybe as a human, I wouldn't see. I think that's one that's picking up speed in the space. It requires the data to be there first. And so things like the IOT devices will get us the data that will enable future technologies like AI and automation to start picking up speed now. If we were to look at maybe something like final mile delivery, do you see the, I don't know, armies of drones (laughs) taking care of this, uh, that final stage of the logistics journey or any other changes you can see coming in that way? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if the drones thing is ever going to pick up. I think, uh, I think a lot of people still have a little bit of pause about the drones. I know every time I see one flying overhead, I just wonder what is it doing? Why is it here? It's probably just taking someone's Instagram photos, but I think people maybe aren't quite ready for the drones. There's been a lot of research in the final mile space that sometimes the final mile of shipping can take 50% of the total cost for shipping compared to the rest of the supply chain. So I think technology focusing in on how we do that better and how we can get goods in people's hands is really important because that last little bit is where you know, getting something to a warehouse near you is maybe pretty easy and relatively cost efficient. 
So how do we get it to the actual consumer quickly? I think that's an area that um, we could see additional additional growth for sure. I'm just not quite sure if it's drones. <laughs> well, I guess the last question I'd have for you, Tyler, would be around the environmental considerations, because I guess consumers everywhere uh, have higher expectations about the environmental credentials of suppliers. And uh, I wonder, do you see any impact on that in the supply chain world in the time ahead? For sure. I think more and more we're seeing countries adopt certain regulations. And so sometimes that impacts how you can route a vehicle if that vehicle maybe in the future wouldn't be allowed to cross a certain border because it doesn't meet an emission standard for instance but aside from that like you mentioned people are starting to have an expectation of like what's my carbon footprint and they want to shop hyper local or they want to know that there were carbon offsets to their to their product being shipped and i think all of those things are going to start to come into play tracking those kinds of things, figuring out how to reduce that. And the interesting thing there is a reducing in cost usually comes by reducing the miles, reducing idle time for trucks, things like that. And both of those things are very direct impacts in reducing the environmental impact. So luckily, I think this is an industry where environmental considerations and value generation are very much in lockstep. I think where we hear a lot about conflicts in business between environmental decisions is when the environmental decision is more expensive. And while that's certainly true about aspects of logistics, broad broad enhancements that could be made to be made to supply chains also enhance the environmental considerations of those supply chains. So I'm really excited about what's available in this space, what can be done here, um, and the impact that that'll have on the world if we can really reduce that impact from supply chains. Tyler, that's a wonderfully positive note to leave things on. So I'd like to thank you uh, for sharing your time and expertise with us today. Yeah, of course. Uh, Happy to be here. I was really excited to do this and it was a lot of fun. Thanks. Awesome. So production is by Albina Krasteva, editing by Adnan Tukar and music by Robert Cooney. And join us next time on the story of software.